Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of the Convergence podcast. This is going to be episode 27 with freelance concept artist at One Pixel Brush, Leo Avero. A few weeks back when Leo released a few still frames from his short film that he's developing, I knew I had to reach out to him and talk about his thought process and design process while making those extremely cinematic looking pieces. We spoke about his experiences as a professional concept artist as well as his inspiration behind starting his own short film. He spoke about his love for human and character driven stories and how he's building out his own world keeping that in mind. This one was a really interesting episode especially for those who are trying to build out their own worlds and perhaps even start their own short film. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Leo. Thanks a lot for coming on like pretty short notice. I like you were talking earlier the moment I saw those scenes from your short film I just <laughs> wanted to talk to you immediately so Hey me too man. So I guess let's Delix just Delix Mutual. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I mean, let's just start from the beginning. How did you get into art? Well, how did I get into it because I mean, I, I think I think the story is basically the same like we all draw from childhood, I think, right? that's basically the universal experience of many artists but if you ask me when did i you know pursue it seriously that was i think it was high school i was doing a lot of music back then then i have this you know ex girlfriend of mine mm-hmm. who is enrolling for art school but and my father back then didn't allow didn't allow me to enroll to a music school because he thinks it's got no future mm-hmm. which okay. he he's is wrong but he's not too wrong because i was bad at music so i wouldn't have no future there so <laughs> i enrolled to i thought about it more and i think yeah i like drawing maybe enroll to art school if i can pursue music you know so i did that and i've been pursuing it seriously ever since Did you always have like a sense of feeling that you could turn it into a career or it was just because you couldn't go into music you just went for art instead I mean since I was a child I was I always thought I would be an architect or something mm, okay. like drawing houses or things like that so yeah it's it's always kind of in you know in the back of my mind since I was a child and I think not being able to pursue music seriously just made me realize that again like made me made me stop and think about that and back then when you were studying art was it more of the traditional fine art stuff or oh yeah yeah I I think I enrolled to the uh, school I was in is you know it's more cater towards you know fine art so i would learn lots of fine art stuff more than i would learn about graphic design which is weird for graphic design major so mm-hmm. but that's cool i think made some sculptures and stuff like that so it's more traditional okay that's the word for it so in terms of getting into concept art like was there something specific that triggered your mind towards that did you see somebody's work or did somebody oh, else yeah. tell you about it For sure, I see Feng Zhu's work with his videos, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sure you can, I'm sure you can relate to first time seeing Feng Zhu's videos. And like, what is this? Yeah. Why is he drawing so fast? Oh my God, he's drawing landscape from memory. How is that? You know, how is that happening right now? So yeah, th- through his videos, I I found out what concept art is, and I found out that. Keep in mind that I didn't know that you can make money in games and. You know, I know you can make money in films, but games I don't know, right? I, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I always knew, but I don't know the details of it. Right. I thought it was just you make the games, right? You don't draw the stuff. So yeah, that that really introduced me to concept art. But back then, I was really more focused to illustration, okay, rather than concept art. Yeah, even even when I watched Fengshu's videos, because I was really into this fantasy Magic the Gathering style stuff. pursue that and i think i i really got serious into concept art after you know pivoting from illustration back in 2018 so that that's when i really pursued concept art as a, as a career before then i was just an illustrator but i think the difference is you know a thin line okay 
yeah i mean mm. especially nowadays as the level of quality is just going so much higher that line is quite yeah yeah blur. yeah Every, everything blurs into one big blob of art history right mm -hmm. you know i i mean you and me were making films right I mean, so that that just shows you how everything's just now becoming one slowly yeah it's interesting i mean off late over the last couple of years quite a lot of concept artists are trying to build their own short films that just goes to show yeah, yeah. how the tools are allowing us to you know push beyond just still films. yeah exciting right yeah so yeah yeah it's, that's that's really cool i mean before we get into the short film side of things because i really want to talk <clears> a lot about that i just wanted to understand how i mean how long have you been working professionally for and yeah just a bit okay. about that yeah professionally i've been working since if you count freelance since 2016 like doing shitty jobs or like now i don't know dollar in image Whoa. and then in 2018 i finally joined a local studio called polar engine which we we did some work for riot games the the uh rune terra the the newest card game mm -hmm. and I, I i was there for two years before i quit and i joined one pixel brush it's I think it's almost a year now yeah, yeah it's almost a year it's nine months yeah it's it's like a baby it's like almost almost yeah, almost almost gonna introduce to the world nine months <laughs> that's amazing yeah. your I mean yeah. then your let's say professional trajectory has had a very quick rise yeah it's four say. four year ish yeah that's amazing when just looking at the kind of work that you've been putting out last couple of months that I feel like there's a certain threshold that you've crossed and it just the combination of design, cinematography, lighting, it's all coming together yeah, really man. well. So I was just curious, like what are your inspirations to put those kind of imagery together? Mm, I, I'm really into this Asian, Hong Kong, Korean thriller films like Old Boy and mm -hmm even Wong Kar Wai stuff, if you're familiar with it, and this local Indonesian action films, the new ones, you gotta check that out if you haven't. I And, you know, noir, noir films like Drive, Neo-Noir, like, and so yeah, things like that from filmmakers and Asian culture and all that. Mm -hmm. that's, that's my biggest inspiration for the stuff I'm doing. That's interesting. I mean, but, is is there like a very well-established game and film entertainment industry where you come from, like in Indonesia? Uh, no, I think I think I think the film industry is slowly rising up because you you start to see films that are really good. Okay. Like the, the night comes for us. That's I think that's really good. But the games industry, I think, is just is still. You know, it's still like sleeping. So you, you see good games every once in a while, but not, but not like every month, like the Western industry. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, right? Yeah. So yeah, so people are still, you know, they they're still investors are still really cautious of throwing money to developers because it's not yet proven. But recently, recently it's been rising too because a friend of mine is an art director at Stairway Games and they made this game this farming game and their kickstarter hit like one million dollars which is awesome wow that's amazing yeah, so, so i think i think i think the future is there but it's not yet you know not yet mature if you mature if you want to, want to put it that way so that's where a question kind of forms in my mind when i look at someone like your work and of course there might be a lot of more artists from indonesia or this side of the world working on games yeah. at the highest level what what do you think is the missing link in terms of getting investors to put in the money to create games locally <clears throat> i think i don't know man but i'm i'm just going to talk out of my ass here because <laughs> <laughs> i don't really know but i suspect that the issue is because you know investors want to they are I don't know. They kind of want to see if I'm if I was an investor, I would I would want to see that. Does it work before? I don't want to take too many risks here. That's why I'm not injecting so much money into you. Mm -hmm. So maybe maybe we need our Witcher, like Poland. They have their Witcher, and after that, their industry just exploded. Right. That's true. 
yeah and, the games industry exploding and i mean there is quite a lot of mythological tales and local stories that can be used to create oh yeah that's a lot i i mean we sh- we share mythological stories like even religion like there's so many hindus here too so mm-hmm. there's so many stories here to be told but we just need the cash yeah that's true dough. and yeah <laughs> I know you had done these series of concepts based on the Ramayana like part of the story. Yeah 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 yeah. That was pretty interesting. It was actually really interesting to see how you had interpreted it because some of the architectural styles were slightly different but still relatable. So it was quite interesting how you have interpreted that story. So I just wanted to know yeah, what, that yeah what your thought process was. That was actually so a little story that was actually for like a little game demo I was cooking. Mm-hmm. I was ma- I was I was going to make this game demo of like based on the Ramayana story but I never found a team that that would you know help me to realize that so I focused on my short film instead but the idea is new so yeah that that's okay just put it in the back burner anyway the the thought behind those images I think I just you know just take the local interpretation of the stories and you know mix it with the Indian one Mm-hmm. and the Thailand one and you know just across Southeast Asia and South Asia I just take many many interpretations see what looks cool and just I just mix it that's interesting yeah, for the architectures or things like that and I guess you had also designed the skitbash set which was used in those scenes right yeah 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 that I found pretty interesting so when you are researching for architecture and creating a kitbash set out of that how what's yeah. your research methodology like like do you go into those books of history and search for designs or how do you do that i mainly you know that in history there i you you know you actually often see many periods right for instance like if you search for japan there's kamakura period there's edo period there's meiji restoration so for that kid i think i went for hoisala period of india mm-hmm sure you're familiar with it and then i mix it with a little taste just a smidge of rambanan in indonesia that there's this temple complex called rambanan but i think it's more hoisala than that so yeah that, that's basically it for that that's quite easy quite straightforward okay. because i think hoisala period already has so much you know variety mm-hmm so much variety so i all i all i have to do is just remix it okay and then that basically becomes the base around which you construct your scenes from there yeah from yeah that point yeah i mean it's beautiful there's there's so many variety of shapes they're so beautiful in there something that really caught my eye was the way you had <clears throat> designed the lighting in that scene and i believe you used ev primarily for the entire thing right while setting up the lighting oh no for that one i think i use cycles oh okay okay yeah yeah so i haven't used ev before like past two months because i used to hate it so much yeah i was like i fucking look like shit i use cycles instead so then i hit a roadblock that because night scenes if you have volumetric like cycles would just freak out mm-hmm. so i just ev instead yeah So the, I I guess that's a big question that a lot of people have when we are looking at your work how are you able to push EV to that level of photorealism I mean what are the tricks so to speak Yeah weird thing is I learned how to push EV because I learned Unreal Engine like Joe Garth's Unreal Engine course in at Learn Square Okay Yeah he mentioned about light baking even though he don't use it in that course I think and then I search for that oh there's there's this thing called baking in game development that I didn't know that basically takes all the data in the scene and creates bounce lights out of it so that's the dumb way to explain it and and they actually put lights everywhere to cheat you know to, to fake the cycle slip or the path tracing look so Yeah so that got me inspired and tried with EP so and that kind of works so I keep pushing it and the radiance volumes and cube map reflections and all that that helps a lot and just you know put so many details there that 
your audience will forget it's EV. So <laughs> that's a brute force way of doing it. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. Do you think it, yeah. uh, it has like increased the pace at which you can design scenes because of the fact yeah, that it's well, yeah, time? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Increase the pace and also it kind of, you know, kind of break the wall between making it and looking at it, right? If you know what I mean. So there's no longer a delay if I put a texture or change a note or something like that. It's just all there. It's just, you know, just it's better for my neurons, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so don't have to wait like that, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Just looking at the scale of the scenes and some of the cityscape shots that you had put out recently, it's like pretty massive in terms of the number of buildings, etc. that were there. Was it yeah. intensive on your hardware? I mean, what kind of hardware are you running to... Oh yeah, it's super intensive. I run an RTX 3091 and a uh, Ryzen 9 59550, I think. Yeah, the uh, the one with 16 cores. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just that. But I recently hit a roadblock with EV because apparently you cannot have more than 128 lights in a scene. Wow, okay, I had no idea about that. Yeah, yeah, so so apparently you can't do that. If you do that, the other lights are either going to be turned off or it's going to freak out and have no shadows. So the way I circumvent it is to split the scene in two parts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so that's, that's, you know, that's how I trick Eevee into working for in my favor. So yeah, I recently hit a roadblock. And what sucks is my hardware is still capable of doing that. It's still totally capable, but the limit is from the software. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Yeah, that's interesting. So when you say you split the scene into two parts, do you mean you turn off half the lights or do you render only half a frame at a time? How, what, no, I, I split like, so the foreground is very prominent, right? So yeah. the scene I'm working on, it, working on it's got so many assets in the foreground. And also so many assets in the mid-ground and background. So I just split them too. It's just foreground one file and mid-ground background one file. Render all of them and then using transparency pass mm -hmm. in video. And then composite them together in DaVinci Resolve. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, that's the way of doing it. If you don't do that, you're just, you know, you're going to think too hard and freak out. Yeah, that's a smart way of approaching that. So, but I guess the challenge on that side is that you need to have the entire scene ready and all the composition set up before you can start yeah. splitting it up. Yeah, 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 correct. So from a, let's say, developmental point of view, how do you actually approach constructing a scene? Do you sketch it out on paper first or do you just start blocking it in 3D? How do you go? Yeah, at this, yeah, that, that's why I prefer, you know, a lot of 3D in my work because I find like I'm the kind of person that if I do something, I, I want to see it clearly you know, right away, mm -hmm. right? So if I do an environment, I don't like just to sketch it. I, I mean, I do sketch thumbnail sketch for the graphic shapes, but after that, I wanna, I don't even do the, the refined version of the sketch. I wanna jump straight into 3D because I wanna see what I have right away. So yeah, that's my process. And for the cityscapes that you see and all the scenes, I just jump straight into 3D. And, you know, build the set and just act like a cinematographer looking for shots and arranging lights and things like that. Mm, that's interesting. So do you set up a cityscape only to make sure that it looks good in that camera frame? Or do you just design an entire city block and then start searching for shots within that? Oh, yeah. For the cityscapes, I think I only focus on what looks good on the frame because you don't pan anywhere in that scene. But I might just do what you mentioned because I don't know if this shot is enough this one shot I'm working on so yeah that could be a possibility but usually it's just you know do whatever looks good on the frame okay I guess this would be a good time to start going a bit into your short film as well like how has yeah. what was the inspiration to start working on a short film to begin with what prompted you what prompted me to do the short film I think we all seen Ashtorp's work, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so yeah, that's a huge inspiration. And Machi Kuchara's work, Showtime, I mean, that one, yeah. Amazing, amazing. So yeah, yeah, that really inspired me to do it. And, but also I, I already, so one thing about go back to art school, because 
in art school before I knew all this concept art stuff I really want to be yeah I want to really want to get deep into photography and filmmaking actually but I had no money to buy a camera so you know just draw so yeah that's that's, that's it and I think my drive is not really about drawing but it's really about creating I'm sure you feel the same yeah I so yeah that's that. yeah that that's a big inspiration too so because I want to create things that I have I haven't did I haven't done before you know what I mean right because nowadays it's so easy to create a pristine frame a steel frame really nice concept art because the software is so accessible and so democratized that's awesome but that also gives an artist another challenge to be you know to stand out because right. okay now now you're on the same level now what you're gonna do right that's basically the question that's been thrown to us for you know the last few years so I think film is a good way to do that coupled with Ashdorf's film Maciej's film and the uh, the motivation to do films since I was in art school so yeah there, there goes this film so I make it then I decided to make it I think something that I really admire about what you're doing is that a lot of people have these inspirations but only few people actually start acting on creating a large project like that so in terms yeah. of planning something that big how do you actually go about it do you have a script written from the beginning or i have a script written yeah but the script is really loose and that's kept intentionally that way because i don't want since i'm not doing it like a big budget and can do it right away mm-hmm. right if you know big budget films you can do it right away according to the script that's why i kept it loose because i know i'm gonna do it in a long span of time that's and I would like to have new ideas as I go on because, because you never know. Right. So I kept it loose. And yeah, yeah I'm, I agree with you because ideas are, there's a lot of ideas in this world, but not many, you know, not many ideas have come to reality. And I think with mine, I want to avoid regretting not doing it in the future. Like ending up hating myself like in five years. Uh, why did I do it like five years ago? I would have a film right now. That's true. And, uh, yeah, because I think that's this is this is the direction that we're moving to. You know, there's no longer gonna be concept artists or illustrators. We're all gonna be like content creators. Right? You know, artists are not gonna be confined in just one space only. That, but they are gonna do lots of things. I think. And getting there early is a huge advantage. I believe so, yeah. In terms of like picking the style of the kind of film that you want to make, because once you decide that, hey, I want to actually make a short film, um, how do you actually go about picking the theme and the style? Did you always know that this story existed in your mind or was it something developed over time? Yeah, I just... I just love movies about people, you know, punching other people. <laughs> and yeah, it's just, yeah, I just, I just, I just always wanted, I want to, you know, I want, I always wanted to know, to create a story that really dark and grounded. So that's always there from the beginning. Okay. And as, as for the story, it's, I did these series of keyframes called Revenge Part 1 and Part 2. So that's from that too. Okay. Um, yeah, so I I always knew what I wanted to do with this. That's interesting. D- uh, do you want to keep the story like under wraps for now, or can we talk about the story itself? Uh, I think I can tell you the main idea of it. It's just basically this woman seeking revenge. That's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess it. I guess we'll have to wait yeah. for it then. That's yeah, it. she's seeking revenge. Yeah. Fair enough. So um, recently you had put it up on Reddit and Blender Nation and stuff like that. And a lot of people were commenting that it looked, it had that love, death and robots, the witness kind of vibe to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I was just curious when I read that, I was just wondering, did you feel happy about that? Or did you feel like, hey, that's not what I'm going for or something like that? What was your initial feeling like? I mean, I'm, I'm just, you know, if you say... I guess I'm flattered, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if happy, I didn't. I don't think I'm too happy with you know being compared like that. But I'm I'm flattered, 
and that's okay because you cannot avoid that. You you're gonna, you're bound to do something that looks like other things. I mean, there's are there are seven billion people in the world. You're yeah. bound to have that happen to you at some point. So that's okay. But I'm flattered. Alberto Mielga is such a great director. So yeah, that's that's okay. That's great. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it because it's a mm. logical way of looking at it, really. Because the yeah, yeah. ideas are bound. I mean, if if you're gonna be angry about compared to other things, you're you're, you're gonna be tired, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many people in the world. How do you just the way, like then waste I, of emotion? Yeah, that's yeah. that's true. I mean, how how do you then you know bring in your originality, so to speak? Because even original, there's nothing like original. But yeah, your yeah. thought process into uh, an existing theme when we look at maybe yeah. like a cyberpunk or a gritty kind of a movie. I think for me is to always, you know, I don't think too much about all that originality stuff, although it's important, but I truly believe originality, originality comes from doing it a lot. Right? Okay. If you do, if you do something a lot, you're gonna start to have some habit that you do, maybe some imprint from your childhood, maybe I don't know something that feels real to you, something local, something like that. And the fact that humans can never copy each other one hundred percent is also a helping factor. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about too much about that because, like, I think that comes naturally. And with this film, I always try to do something that feels exciting and feels real to me. And if, even if I have reference, I won't have just one reference. I will have lots of reference, you know. If you copy from one artist, you're stealing. And if you copy from two, suddenly you're original. So stuff like that. Mm, that's interesting. I think you have a very clear mindset in terms of what you're approaching and what you're trying to get out of your films. I guess from the outside, that's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just I need more money. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You can yeah, yeah, but, but but the Patreon really helps. Yeah. So, are you uh, collaborating with anybody else for the short film, or is it completely by yourself? I have a, a I have a writer, you know, writer helping me, and one rigging guy to do the face rigs because that's just too much work for me. Mm-hmm face facial rigs and have this one guy one musician offering to do the music but i haven't compared with him with him yet so that's four people yeah okay that's a pretty reasonable size team yeah 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 actually you too right you 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 have a bunch of your friends helping you too right yeah 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 that's awesome dude that's the the, the environment like that yeah. yeah, it's quite fun collaborating with your friends because they also have their interesting ideas and then we kind of yeah, yeah. collaborate on that. So it's fun. Yeah, just take that idea for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's fun. And actually, yeah. um, like I had actually written down a question regarding the character animation because that's something that I wanted to really improve upon for my next <clears> short <throat> film. And yeah, yeah. you have achieved a really good quality. So I was curious... Um, just from the beginning of the character pipeline, how, how have you done it? So for the character, I used this really cool add-on called Human Generator 3D for Blender. Mm-hmm. It's basically like if you played Fallout 4, it's like Fallout 4 character creation. A better version of it, but in Blender. Wow, nice. So it's like that. It's, it comes with full rig and all, all that stuff. And except for the face, that's why I, I have somebody to rig the face for me. And as for the animation, I use motion capture. And I was looking for alternatives. Maybe I was like, yeah, maybe buy a Rococo, but I saw the price. It's too steep for me right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to make keep making films in the future. So, you know, that's a risky investment, at least for now. Maybe after this film is finished, I'm going to get that. But currently I have this... Hold on, wait a second. I have this thing, this connect. Okay, can you see this? Okay, uh, I guess it's yeah. like, is it like a sensor kind of a thing? Yeah, it's 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 for the Xbox One. Okay. The connect. So apparently, if you have two connects, you can create a rig to motion capture like really clean. Mm. Like I mean, like super super clean. If you look at YouTube, like 
iPi Soft Connect Dual Capture. It's I mean it's basically almost like Rococo if not the same. But the, the only drawbacks is you have to have a huge space to do it. Okay. So it's like yeah, I was able yeah. You kind of put the I was able to do it in my room. Oh, okay. I was able to do it in my room. But I'm confined to motions that doesn't involve walking or running. Oh, so it's more like subtle movements and not like much larger. Yeah. Yeah, even even if you dance, you can dance, but as long as your dance is not like running around, you're fine. Mm-hmm. So like stationary dance is fine. You can jump around. It's really great, man. Wow, that's interesting. I'll have to definitely look into that uh, because Yeah, yeah, I did. And and it's cheap too. I think one Kinect sensor is 200 bucks, so 400 bucks in total and the software like 100 bucks a year, so 500 bucks, man. Compared to 5000k you have to pay for Rokuku. Yeah, that's a pretty big difference. Yeah. 10 times. Did you uh, like think about maybe getting in touch with some local motion capture studios as well to handle that part? Yeah, but I think I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna use use that option for like like last resort if this doesn't work okay. as well. But if, if it's working well so far, but if I ever need a running scene or a fighting scene, I can always, you know, contact my uncle and, you know, bar- borrow his warehouse like for a week. <laughs> nice. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so that's that's the last option. I, because I like the idea of doing everything myself at, at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, the artist's ego. I guess that you right? need yeah. that controlling factor, right? Where you want to... Yeah, happen. yeah, I'm just... Ah, come on! <laughs> I understand that completely. Yeah. Mm, just a few more questions on this. Um, so you mentioned that the character comes rigged within that Blender add-on, but how about the yep. clothing simulations? Do you take it to Marvelous? Ah, or? yeah, yeah, correct. Marvelous Designer. Yeah, that, that's that's just the best option right now. Okay. You use that too, right? Yeah, yeah, I did as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I un- encountered this really weird... I don't know if it's a bug, so because when I record the simulation mm-hmm. and when it's done, the motion of the character is faster than the cloth. Do you encounter that or no? Ooh, I think you might have the le, like the exported animation from Blender yeah. may have a different frame rate compared to the frame rate of the scene inside Marvelous, which might be ah, yeah, That could be the case. That could be the case. But when I record it again, suddenly it's fine. So it's pretty weird. Hmm. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would, I would, I would have to look, you know, look into the frame rate. But yeah, I mean, even for me personally, I'm not like a expert at rigging or animation by any stretch. So it was also like a lot of trial and error, like the way you are doing yeah. it right now. Yeah. Just throwing things at the wall, see what sticks, right? Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Especially, I mean, being so-called environment concept artists, we have so much yeah. more control over that. So the moment character animation yeah. comes into the picture it becomes quite oh difficult. no <laughs> there's a humanity in here yeah. yeah i wonder what you know what like real filmmakers lucas like how they feel like oh you're adorable <laughs> yeah probably like that yeah probably <laughs> how about the actual character design did you design them on photoshop or something first or was it purely in 3d right from the get-go oh yeah for the design i designed them first in photoshop and i have this few iterations of it and but in the end i just go back to the initial first design that i have in the keyframes because i realized that works better for the tone of the world okay yeah so that's all wasted but i i mean that's that's just exploring so yeah, I guess just more stuff for the behind the scenes video later on. Yeah, for the behind the scene for the Patreon. Yeah, that's true. So, um, I know you keep putting up a lot of stuff for Patreon. Has that offset quite a bit of your financial side of things in terms of freeing up your time? I think the Patreon is not, you know, it's not yet offsetting a lot of free time for me, but it definitely helps with funding the short film. Okay. That really helps. So I don't have to, you know, take money from the bank to fund the film. I can use, just use the Patreon money for that, even for little things like paying somebody to do some logos for the film, hmm. things like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a smart way of going about that. Mm. And I guess it's also a good way to, let's say, promote your film as the development is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And more people. Also a good way to, you know, have a diary of it, right? Yeah, that's true. I wanted to talk about the way you frame your shots because the four shots that you released, they have a very, very strong cinematic quality and even small details like some chromatic aberration, that spherical lens effect and stuff like that. Do you study yeah. certain filmmakers a lot to get or understand or learn that kind of look or how do you go about it? Oh yeah, I learn cinema cinematography a lot. I watch all these YouTube videos on how to shoot films, how to operate your camera and all things like that. So yeah, yeah, it definitely helps learning about that if you want to make cinematic looks. And I think the artist, the cinematographer that I like so much is Chivo. Do you know Emmanuel Besky? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he uses a lot of, you know, these, lo these wide lenses. And then you, you usually think that if you want to make cinematic, man, just make long lens, man. <laughs> but Emmanuel Besky, you know, he can make a wide lens look graphic and nice. So that's badass, I think. That's interesting. And also, also, you know, Roger Dickens, you know, who doesn't know about him? Of course. Yeah. And learned, learned a lot about, about cameras and actually have this close friend of mine who has a production house that do advertisings, things like that for Indonesian Netflix and things like that. So I also learned a lot from them watching they shoot and things like that. Do you uh, personally also go around shooting or taking photographs or is it purely digital? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I take photographs too, but I rarely publish them because they're shit. <laughs> <laughs> the ones I publish are, are out of 10,000 shots, maybe. So, yeah, I, I, I like taking photographs. Actually, yeah. a few days ago, I went to this area of the city, the Japan town, mm -hmm. Japan town. So many Japanese people there. So it looks like a little Tokyo. I went there hoping for like beautiful neon lights and, you know, sprawling crowd. But I went there and, you know, it got crushed by COVID and everything close and dark. Oh. And I just got Silent Hill instead. <laughs> yeah. Still... So that, that's a shame. So fucking an hour trip wasted like that. Still, I mean, some interesting references, I'm sure. Just having yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Even that kind of a setting <clears throat> where everything is shut and completely dark has its own yeah. vibe to it. Yeah, it's on, it's on merit, if you will. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's sad. Have you like set a certain timeline or deadline for yourself in terms of when you want to finish the film? Uh, the only limit I have for myself is get it done as fast as you can. That's the, that's it. Okay. Because I don't I don't want to t turn this into a job yet. Mm -hmm. I want I want to enjoy the process and you know really make this good because if I said like maybe a year of deadline, I will start to cut corners, maybe too many corners. And I don't want that. I already cut corners, mind you. So I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want the deadline being there, making me rush things. Hmm. And yeah, but definitely I want to get, get it done as fast as I can. And if I looking at it now, maybe it's going to be done like mid in the mid of next year, hopefully. Wow, yeah, that just goes to show how much time is required yeah. to make something like this. Yeah, so many work, man. And you're just one people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe I'm gonna, you know, gonna find some oil moguls <laughs> to fund my money, I don't know, <laughs> to fund my film. Put the branding all over the movie to popularize their brand. Yeah, yeah, the branding this. Why is there like, you know, palm trees everywhere? You know, palm oil. That's funny. I guess the main Why thing is, there is an to... oil rig? Yeah, I mean, you got to finish the film. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, but I'm I'm going to get it done. For sure. I'm really looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, I would hate myself if I'm not. So it's, an, I mean, 
I find it funny where you mentioned that you're cutting corners but when we look at the frames it is <clears throat> looking beautiful. So what do you consider cutting corners? What I consider cutting corner is using you know I use kit best 3D assets. Mm -hmm. I consider that cutting corner because I want the city to look unique and personal. Okay. So I I was planning to do everything every asset myself but then I think about it well it's going to take eons to finish this film so might as well use the assets and modify it to my favor. Right. So that's I but that's not so much of cutting corner compared to uh compared to all the ambitious scenes that I was going to do but I think I put it in back burner for now. Okay. Because I, I still have to think the logistics of that. Maybe that warehouse of my uncle's really gonna help, but I don't know. It might become so yeah, the there, climax scene yeah. over there. Yeah. Because I want it to be, you know, I want I want fight scenes basically. So I gotta find a martial artist, I gotta find a place to record it and gotta, you know, do the choreography and all things like that. But luckily, I have these so many friends of so many, you know, disciplines. I think that's gonna help, but we don't know yet. So that's kind of cutting corner. The script, the script is, the script left out all of that. Hmm. I like the fact that your very first film. I mean, I'm assuming this is the first film is going so ambitious in terms of the number of elements and the characters and stuff yeah. like that. I really like that a lot. Yeah, I think because. I don't know, man. I just, I just, I, I have this habit of chewing, of biting more than I can chew and ended up bogging down myself in work <laughs> in the end. Yeah. So that's a bad habit of mine, but so far, I think it's still manageable. It's totally still manageable, but it's, it gives me headache, headaches for sure, but still manageable. So in terms of a typical day, how, how is it like, I know you're working freelance right now, so I'm sure that allows you to schedule better basically yeah uh, i'm taking a break i took a break since two weeks ago actually from work so every day i'm just finishing my film but in typical day of work i did i do work freelance maybe for six to eight hours and then i work on my short film until i'm tired so that's basically it okay so it's pretty much working the entire day essentially yeah yeah and I don't like feel sad about it and things like that because I enjoy it so much. Mm -hmm. I just I, I can't see other things that I can enjoy more than this or, or maybe video games. So this and video games I enjoy a lot. And yeah, that, that cost me my social life, but every week I still see my friends. So I don't think that's much of a, you know, trade off. Definitely. I think especially when it comes to these larger projects, you have to sacrifice something to get that. yeah yeah man yeah yeah that's that's true right because if you want to you know achieve something bigger you gotta sacrifice that's no no way around it yep you gotta sacrifice man come on it's it's like law of nature so things like that you gotta you gotta give something to get something do you ever feel like a sensation of burnout or maybe pause the project and take up something else because as you go deeper into one project it almost starts blurring after <clears> point because you're spending so much time on it. Yeah, I think if burnout is, you know, feeling like this film is going to be shit, then that I definitely that's burnout. If that's burnout, yeah, that I definitely I felt it. But then I, I leave it for a few days or maybe even a couple of hours and I look at it again and I start to, yeah, maybe I should fix this, fix this and fix this, mm. you know. I think burnout is mostly because you don't know what to do. Right. There's also this mental factor of it, you, you know, mental fatigue. But the other factor, I think, is because you don't know what to do. So you got confused, you got freaked out, and you got burned out. So leaving it for a while, thinking about it, you know, planning it, maybe redoing it even, will really help. That's why personal work, I think it's harder than client work because you don't have constraints. That's true. That's very right. True. Because with client work, you have constraints. You you have a set goal. You go to from A to B. But with personal work, you can go from A to I don't know 
seven, not even alphabet. <laughs> All right. So that lack of constraint right. is freeing, but freeing, but also could confuse many people. And also that accountability factor, right? <clears throat> because personal work, you don't have to finish. Yes. It. Yeah, yeah. You don't answer to anyone. Yeah. Mm. So do you have any, like, let's say tricks or hacks to mentally convince yourself? Do you write down lists or how do you keep, keep yourself focused basically? On personal work? Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't do all that, but one thing I do is this Patreon because if I already take money from people, oh man, now I have the obligation to finish it right. or else I'm going to look like a, some, you know, some liar or something like that, you know, some, I don't know. I don't want to be perceived like that. So that helps. Yeah. Taking money from people to motivate yourself. Yeah. That's as good a motivation as any. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that puts because any pressure on you? Yeah. Not, not pressure, but just more motivation to finish it because now I owe people. I feel like. Hmm. And yeah. I guess yeah, that also happens to your body, right? So. The analogy, if, if your body is not yours, if, if you borrow this body, you're going to take care of it uh, because you're going to return it someday, right? But if the body is yours, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to destroy it my way. Oh, that's a very metaphysical right? way of yeah. looking at it. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, so if, the, if the fun of the film is not 100% yours, you're going to owe people. So you got to finish it. Oh, that's man. how I look at the thing. <clears throat> wow. I like the way... That's why I like having these discussions because each person has their own ways of you know keeping themselves focused so it's interesting to learn that yeah yeah so many so many people so many weird things yeah um so i just wanted to talk about the professional side of things as well you said you work at a local studio in indonesia and now you're working with one pixel brush what's the difference yeah. like in terms of the way design is approached the way work is approached in general Oh, I think in local studios, we are more focused on the craft. If, if you know what I mean, like the quality of the render, like I mean, like brush render and the uh, amount of details, composition and things like that. And I feel like with a non-local studio or non-local, you know, concept work, I like it better because it focus way more on the bigger picture. Like, what is the story? Mm -hmm. You know, how is the composition gonna serve the story? Because I I used to work like make it good, make the composition as good as possible. You know, even when it doesn't match the story, and that's the one thing I didn't really like about the uh, the reality of you know illustration thing. You know, for card games and things like that. It's not because the illustration is that way, but many people are, you know, are wired that way. Mm -hmm. You know, your art directors. That's and that's okay because, you know, card games. You get a great. You have to have a really clear thumbnail. So that's that builds a habit. So yeah. So I like it better because it has this much wider scope of thought. Right, storytelling maybe. What's the uh, idea of it? I I I get excited about that rather than trying to finish an illustration for two weeks rendering the same image. I like to jump around and create new ideas. I know that's you know counterintuitive now that I make such a hefty project with my film such a long time, but yeah, I guess that's what you gotta do. I guess that's the difference between personal and professional work, right? Having two different yeah. kind of stuff that you're doing allows your yeah, 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 yeah. It balances the pace. Definitely. Um, I guess is it okay if we go a bit deeper into the one pixel brush process? I mean, how how does it work? Do you are you allowed to talk about that or? Well, you can ask, but I won't say the things that I can't say. So you might might as well ask. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> um. Uh, is it like you guys get a script that you need to replicate or is it a specific brief which asks for a particular scene and then you just create that? How, how does it go generally? I think it's just like usual work. The client gave brief and you, then you do it. 
and then you you go through your art director in your studio like in this case shady you went through shady and if shady says go then he will send it to the client it's basically as straightforward as that okay and in terms yeah. of let's say the time taken per scene do you how, how long does it take for one finished concept from starting to approval stage typically depends on the budget of the image but regularly we do like 30 to 40 hours each okay if there's no if there's no other revisions if things went smooth yeah so yeah 30 to 40 40 hours is reasonable right i guess the reason i'm asking this is to get a sense and also for the audience to understand like how much time actually goes into that high level kind of a concept art for realistic oh. games Oh yeah, sometimes an image can go up to a hundred hours or, or more. Wow. If, if if the iterations is a lot, but yeah, so it's really you know it really depends on each image on how deep we want to you know dive into it. The and, idea, I mean. And it may almost seem counterintuitive from the outside, right? Because what's generally said is that concept art needs to be quick and done fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you actually yeah. are spending so much time. <clears throat> It, yeah like you said it depends on the budget of the shot and yeah but in the ideal world i i also think that concept art while should while it has to be quick it also has to you know explore as many possibilities as possible right okay. so the quick factor comes in when you ha you have a hundred hour in an in a task the speed factor comes in when how many idea you can get in that hundred hours that's where, where the speed comes in hmm. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. So in terms of like one pixel brush, they have so many different freelancers and in-house artists that <clears> they work with. Do you guys like share scenes with each other or is it each person working on their own individual scene? Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we help each other. Like okay. we, we borrow each other's assets. Yeah. Like if you, if you say, Harry made made this really sick house model. I I might ask Harry, hey, send that model house of yours to me. I might oh. say that in the Discord. So yeah, we help each other. We have we have a really really you know really sick Discord server where everybody's just learning every day. Nice. It's really cool. Yeah, that sounds like a great atmosphere to just push everyone's yeah. level. Yeah, it's 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 just it's just great, man. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> For like an artist who's just trying to break into the industry and especially for those who are not in like industry hubs, so to speak, how does one actually reach that kind of level where you're interacting with these artists such as yourself and getting to that level? Mm. I don't know. I'm, what, what do you think? I'm, I, I want to hear your thoughts about this. I mean, I think networking with the right people is a pretty big and important part of it. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. That immediately allows you, to, you know, in multiple possibilities, and in, yes, yes. In your case, especially, I find it interesting because, like you were telling earlier, Indonesia is not that big an industry hub, but you're able to yeah. work on these big projects. Anyways. Yeah. And because a, a lot of similar questions come from India as well, but there are obviously artists from India as well working with One Pixel Brush. Mm, yeah. But India's film industry is killing it though, right? Ever since you know the '90s or '80s. Yeah, fil the film industry is definitely quite huge, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I agree with you. Networking is important. Mm -hmm. You know, you get to... If you if your work is good, but you don't have... So this is the analogy, right? I, I heard it somewhere. So if you have a great product and you don't have a good marketing plan, it's like you're shouting in a in an empty warehouse <laughs> right good. you're shouting in an empty warehouse but if you got shit product but you have good marketing it's like you're shouting in a park but nobody cares uh, okay yeah so you, you gotta balance the two but i think networking really helps man it definitely helps That's you, gotta, you gotta make people see you but nowadays you can just post on the internet and people will notice or even reach out I guess so, it, and it, it, it almost seems so simple yet unattainable sometimes. When, yeah, yeah. You know? 
because that simple thing contains these little steps, these little tricky steps to get there. So I have a couple of questions. Um, we were talking about that cinematic look that you were describing earlier and you know taking inspirations from directors and stuff. Are there some movies or TV shows that you keep referring back to quite often in terms of a certain look and feel that they've achieved? And this is not specific mm. to the short film right now, but just yeah. general inspiration. Oh, general inspiration. Yeah. Old Boy, for sure. The 2003 one. Yeah. If, if you're familiar with it. Yeah, and yeah. Fallen Angels. Fallen Angels. Mm, I haven't seen that one. Is that a... Wong Kar, Wong Kar Wai is Hong Kong movie. Okay. It's really good. Fallen Angels. And I think Pulp Fiction. I really like Pulp Fiction. And basically, Quentin Tarantino movies, I like um, I like them all. So you are quite attracted to these character-driven stories, which are really closing in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And where the character you know, hits the bad guy and the bad guy bleeds. <laughs> yeah, simple as that. Lizard brain. Right. Uh, yeah, I like the simplicity and focus in that. You know, it's very clear yeah. what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, that's, you know, just do what you love. How about books and stuff? Do you have any stories from books that you would like to adapt into concept art or short films down the, down the line? You know what? Yeah, I, I re ever since I read, you know, 1984 by George Orwell, I, I really want to, you know, imagine the world. Mm -hmm. What's the world going to look like? That it's dystopian, corporate-driven, you know, authoritarian that, that's really interesting to me, but I haven't got the chance to do it. How about you? Yeah, uh, one of my favorite books is Foundation Trilogy by Asa Asimov. Oh, I haven't, I'm, I'm not familiar with that. That's like this epic. Oh, Asimov. Epic. Oh, it's yeah, that yeah. one that people keep talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. in fact, I haven't that, read it though. That's a really, really good book. And in fact, it's coming out this year or maybe next year on Apple TV oh. as well, so... Oh, this is the TV show? Yeah, yeah, they're doing a TV show based on that. Oh, I have but, an Apple TV subscription. I might just check, check that out. Yeah, but it's not out yet, but I think they... Oh, not out yet. No, no, no. They've released a trailer, though, so you can get a sense of what they are going awesome. for. Awesome. But, but yeah, I would love to go into that and adapt it in my own style and see what comes out. Yeah. I really feel like books are a big way to come up with interesting ideas because not too many people know specific incidents in specific books whereas movies oh, yeah. are... not, not many people read even yeah i mean it's definitely reduced. yeah yeah do you read quite a bit or is it once more like once in a while i, I used to but i i you know i stopped reading so much like this past few months and i had to get back into it okay i, I just bought you know a few new books to read but i haven't touched it yet yeah 1984 and brave new world and i just like the human stories about that hmm. yeah brave new world is a great story as well it's quite interesting yeah. how 1984 and brave new world have almost like different approaches of authoritarianism and how yeah yeah it's just it's basically two unidentical twins right yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> It's really interesting, man. Yeah. Do you Lord of the Rings is, you know, overdone. <laughs> People, everybody does it. Yeah. I guess that's what happens when something has reached that level of fame and popularity that mm. everyone wants to yeah. adapt that. Even H.P. Lovecraft, I don't see that much of, right? Except for Cthulhu. Like, yeah. I don't see many other Lovecraft stories being, you know, visualized. Yeah, maybe because it's too hard to visualize things like that. I guess a lot of those H.P. Lovecraft stories are more <clears throat> psychological and not. Yeah. It's harder to interpret what's happening. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that that could be the case. So hard, you know. What's more scary than death? Uh, now you imagine that. Oh, that's an interesting yeah. question. What do you think? I mean, do you have something? I don't know, scarier than death, losing all my files on this short film. <laughs> I think yeah. might as well just die. That'll be bad. Yeah. It, oh, fuck. It's funny you mentioned that because the day I finished the film, or the night rather, I 
I went to sleep and then I woke up yeah. in the middle of my sleep just to take like five, six backups of the short film because I was scared something might happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Totally relate. Yeah. Being paranoid in a crazy world is the same way, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. It's like a baby, right? You keep checking on it. Yeah. In terms of, you know, the short film process itself, did you have an entire previous done before actually going into the final shots? Oh, yeah. I have half of the previous. Oh, wow. Half of it. Yeah. But the other half is kind of a script, a storyboard, because I would take too much time to film it. I already have it in my head. Might as well just do it to finish. Oh, that's interesting, you think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it in, involves quite a bit of fighting. Because, yeah. uh, I think I know about that. I think I think I uh, I have my choreographer friend of mine figure that out. Okay. Just do it in post, basically. Yeah, do it in post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How, how, yeah I'm, in, I, I'm not so methodical with my stuff, so okay. just to scatter. How long is the film actually going to be for? Four minutes. Whoa, okay. That's a good length. Yeah. Yeah, if, if the script is correct, four minutes, but it could be more because I start to have few new ideas of shots. Especially as you go deeper into the world and you design more, more possibilities start arriving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely bound to happen. Do you ever feel like you want to cut out some shots or you want to add shots after you actually finish the process on something? Oh, yeah, I did. I really often, actually. Okay. I also redo lots of shots. That bathroom shot is actually the fifth iteration of it because I keep making the shitty bathroom, the okay. bathroom because I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. And then this fifth iteration is you know much better, and I still want to add more things to it, mind you, but it's much better now. So yeah, I do that all the time. In terms of a review process, do you have some people whom you are sending these shots over to to get uh, maybe feedback or just a second eye, just to see how things oh, yeah. are progressing? For sure, close friends. Okay. Yeah, and you know sometimes I throw it to the One Pixel Brush Discord to see what they think to have them shit on my work <laughs> so I can feel bad tomorrow. But then come <laughs> so back with a e even better shot yeah. after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, ha have them punch me, right? Just crawling there. <laughs> That's interesting. Ha has this, like, entire, I mean, the COVID situation has drastically affected the way we are, like, living day to day. Has that affected your work schedule or just the mental side of things in terms of how you're looking at each day? Uh, I just, I'm just sad. I can't, I cannot go like to places that I want. Okay. But as for schedule, it doesn't affect me at all. Okay. So the professional I'm side and work side of things. Yeah. Right? I'm, I'm just sad. I can't go to the beach, beach as often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Is, was that something that was like quite a part of your daily routine to take a break or? Are you somebody who's generally at home working? Yeah, when I was living in this other city, when I was working at Polar Engine two years for two years, I used to go to the beach like once every two weeks Okay. to, to just, you know, to just decompress. You know, there's something about the sound of the waves, the crashing with the ocean makes you calm and but also makes you feel unimportant. Right. So suddenly all your problems feel small because that's bigger and that could kill you. So why are, why are you worrying about all this stuff in your head? Yeah, that's quite true. And actually the reason I'm asking this is because, because we're confined in our houses and we're constantly working, that seems to become such an important aspect. And yeah. without having those other things to kind of offset the stress, it can get yeah, quite yeah. stressful. Because, because we're not made to be this way, right? We are not made to be staring at the same thing mm -hmm. for you know, for 10 years, we have to move around because back when we used to hunt bisons and all that, we move around, right? We, 
we see many, many, many different environments. So the fact that we have to stare at a screen every day is not healthy. So that's why break is really important. Even if you don't want it, you need it. Right. That's true. Yeah, interesting insights, man. I mean, it's been great to yeah. understand more about your process because I think this is the first time that we're actually having this long of a conversation. So yeah, 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 yeah. Great to learn more about your process. Like, yeah, man, great to talk to you too. It's, it's great conversation. Absolutely. I, I like talking to a close friend right here. Yeah, I guess that's the, that's because of the mutual love for the craft that we have. Yeah. It yeah. Allows Imagine if you were like, if you're like an engineer who likes soccer, <laughs> like imagine the awkward conversation. You never know. Maybe they like cyberpunk as well. So yeah, yeah, you never know. But yeah. but yeah, you're right. I mean, maybe, having that maybe they like cat cat girls. <laughs> <laughs> That's oddly specific, Leo. Yeah, yeah. I don't like them. My friend likes them, not me. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Disclaimer. Awesome. I guess I'll just leave you with one final question, which is something I always ask the guests. Um, are you somebody who plans for like the next 10 to 15 years or are you somebody who takes it as it comes? I have like a thumbnail plan, like not a clear plan. Interesting. I want to like this with this film. I want to make a film in the next few years. So I did that. So no, no specific step, but I do. But thumbnail, right? Okay. So it's I don't, I, I don't plan. I don't, I'm not plan. I'm not a planner. But I guess you're getting insanely good work done. So that's all that matters at the end. Yeah. Maybe I have a split personality that does all the planning for me. <laughs> you just don't know about yeah. it. Yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wakes up every night. That's funny. But yeah, man. Uh, thanks a lot for your insights. Learn so much about your Yeah, yeah man, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me here. No, no. My pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah. And good luck for the short film. I really can't wait yeah. to see the whole thing. And yep. Let's stay in touch. Don't worry. Have a good day. Yep. Stay in touch. Let's stay in touch. Yeah, that would be cool. Bye.